This edition of PeopleTech is sponsored by Cerberus Capital Management. And welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. My guest today is Melissa Sabula, the head of talent acquisition at Cerberus Capital Management. She's all about expanding talent pipelines with alternative strategies so that employers can build more diverse and more effective teams. We're going to talk about how she goes about that and what the payoffs are on this edition of PeopleTech. So welcome, first of all. And second of all, could you tell me about Cerberus and tell me what you look for in employees? Yeah. So Cerberus is a global leader in the alternative investment space. We've been around for about 31 years and have about 60 billion assets that are under management. The three main investment areas that we tend to dabble in is real estate, credit, and private equity. And, and what about the um, the people you're looking to hire the, and, and retain, I guess? Yeah. So when it comes to what we look for in, in our talent, um, I think there are really three main characteristics that we'd look for in all hires. That comes down to um, integrity. Um, we really look for people that have strong core values and ethics. Um, we look for individuals that want to be collaborative. So we hear all voices. We're looking for individuals that are team players. They really look to empower and develop others. Uh, they respect each other um, and listen with an open mind, irrespective of their rank within the company. The last thing that we look for is innovation. So people that are really looking for unique ways to problem solve and think outside of the box is what we look for. If you notice on our logo, we have a, a slant on our C. It's what we call the Cerberus Edge, and that stands for um, innovation. And each of these qualities are a part of Cerberus's purpose statement. And that trickles down into just hiring as well as the culture we in, uh, embody internally across the firm. Do you find that there's people matching, you know, your your desires out there in the job market? Yes, absolutely. It does take some um, interviewing and behavioral types of questions, sometimes even a personality test to get to the core of that. But absolutely, I think that there's um, an enormous amount of talent and people that are out there that bring those qualities to the table. Now, you wrote an article for the HCM Technology Report and Recruiting Daily, talking about your approach to hiring and you know adding adding people, adding the people you're looking for. One of the things that you said is financial firms need to start looking beyond the Ivy League. Mm-hmm. You expand on that. First of all, what's the background, and and second of all, why is it important that you spread your spread your reach, as it were. Yeah. So traditionally, uh, most of the financial industry is known from recruiting from top schools and Ivy League schools. And um, I think what you see with that over time is you find students or talent that is almost the exact same. And they're bringing the same perspective into the company. But research shows that the more diverse a team is and the varying backgrounds that they bring to an organization, the better the outcome or the better the reward or 
solutions are created when you do have diverse perspectives. And part of that is looking across different schools um, or partnerships that we have. And for us, we've targeted um, nonprofit organizations and HBCUs to bring in talent from some of the non-traditional talent pipelines that could be Harvard or your Yale students as well. Um, we even go to state universities. A lot of top tier financial firms tend to shy away from um, more state universities. They're very selective in, in the types of students or talent that they're targeting based on their uh, educational background. So for us, we took a different approach um, to bring in talent that brings a variety of different perspectives that ultimately help uh, create larger business or greater business outcomes for us. When you're looking to attract some of these people, some of these candidates, what's your pitch? How do you get them interested? Hmm. Um, so Cerberus is very much so a meritocracy and we're super entrepreneurial. Although we've been around for 31 years, I say that we're 31 years young. Why that is, is we're always looking to challenge the status quo. Think about ways in which we can do things differently. Innovation, that, that came down to one of the qualities that we look for in our talent. And that's really uh, important here. And anybody that has that agile uh, mindset or business transformation mindset um, is e easily attracted to us in that way. And that is one of the key qualities and selling points of, of, of the firm is agile thinking, forward thinking, and the opportunity to be entrepreneurial. Now, you also talked about skills um, in the in the context of not always looking for people who have financial backgrounds. Mm -hmm. You're thinking that people who have other backgrounds and other skills can, can fit right in and contribute. Could you tell me about that? First of all, well, yeah, just let's start with that. How do you, how does that work? You know, how do you approach that? Yeah. So transferable skills, I think, is the topic we're, we're hitting upon here. What's super interesting is technology is a driver, a lot of businesses um, in, in their operations. Um, and there's a lot of research that shows that financial services have a gap in technology talent. In order to help fill those gaps, you really need to be challenged to think outside of the box um, how can you get that right skill? How can you solve the problem on the technology front and find the right individuals that can make us move faster, can help us close that gap and continue to push the business forward? Um, for us, we need to identify skills that could tr transfer into our environment. There still will be a learning opportunity or a learning curve. And for those technical folks, they might come from a FANG company and they'll lack that business or their investment knowledge. But we're equipped, our, our teams are equipped to train those individuals on the business side. And we feel to learn the business side versus the technology side, it'd be uh, a shorter learning curve and more obtainable for those that that have technical skills to learn the business uh, rather than the opposite, the other way around. We have a, a really interesting example of that, and it's not uh, fully related to, to technology, um, but I think I'll be able to make a clear point and demonstrate how we've been able to do that successfully. We recently hired this year a former intelligence officer and uh, of the Army. He was an Army Ranger. And he has over two decades of experience in conflict zones. Um, we brought him into our supply chain and our strategic opportunities team, serving as a managing director. And what's unique about him is his insights um, on the battlefield really equip him um, 
to help us evaluate supply chain opportunities ident- and identify other potential investment opportunities. Granted, he needed to learn the business side, um, but his experience in the field and as a former intelligence officer is very valuable to us to consider and to leverage as we think about investment opportunities. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. With all of these people with all of these different backgrounds, is that does that make it harder to put teams together or do you have a special way of dealing with that? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, Mark. Um, we're very strategic and 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 selective about how we do that. Not every team we're going to bring in um, individuals that have transferable skills. There will be certain components or teams across the business where we might identify how that can be done and where that can be done. Let's talk about data for a minute, because that just really seems to have been knit into talent acquisition nowadays. Mm-hmm. How do you use data when you're recruiting? This is one of my favorite topics. And in full transparency, we're early on in our in our data journey. In order to get to the really innovative or sexier part of the AI side of data, you need to have a strong foundation um, with clean data that's usable and that could be analyzed. So for us, we started that journey this year. Um, we've put a great foundation in place. And then as we think about 2024, um, I foresee us leveraging this information to better to predict per uh, attrition and job performance, um, being able to see where things went right. What are the types of skills that have worked really well here? What are the types of skills uh, that have not worked so well here? Where are we see what types of backgrounds do those individuals come from? Is there anything that we're missing from our, the talent pool and the current teams that we're seeing? Those are all, I think, areas in which talent acquisition data can help drive um, business insights across HR as a whole. You know, you think financial companies, you think data. So does the fact that you're a financial company make handling the data and getting other people in the company to trust the data any easier? There's, there's still a lot of people out there who are skeptical about data and decisions based heavily on data. And there's there's also a lot of people out there who are still not sure what they think about AI. So your culture is as a financial company where I would think people you know, are familiar with numbers, familiar with data. Do you find that you get resistance about these new technologies, new data analytics, new AI applications when you're trying to talk through a hire with hiring managers? Not as much as you would think. I think it's hard to to combat some of that information that is there because all of our data is fact-based. We are collecting um, number of interviews. We are collecting um, interview feedback. And when we're able to go back and present that information, it actually makes it more real from for some of those hiring managers because they're hungry to see those numbers and those statistics. That, that I think it actually is quite eye-opening for them when we're able to provide uh, that information. And that's part of the reason I think we've started this journey is it does equip us 
to have more intelligent conversations with our stakeholders. Obviously, you're using a lot of technology, I assume, to sort through people and, and identify the best candidates. As you're working with all of that technology, what, what do you wish it offered? What can't you easily do now that you want to? So it's incredible um, how advanced some of the systems and tools are, especially within this space. I think one of the things that has not been solved for is when you're in talent acquisition or within recruiting, there's a huge element of sourcing, finding just the right type of person to even reach out to, not speak to, just reach out to create a short list. Um, I have not seen a tool that's able to do that um, very well. Uh, I know that there are applications that are out there. I do think that there's a massive room for improvement to do it and more accurately and faster. So say every week or every day, a recruiter can come in to their desk and have a slate of about 50, 50 or so profiles that are very much so on target and they no longer need to weed through those 50 and then can just start that outreach and that touch point to engage with, with talent. Well, Melissa, thank you very much. It was great to talk with you. I hope you'll come back and talk some more sometime. Absolutely. This was great, Mark. I'm super excited to to be here. Thank you so much for having me as well. And I'll be back if you're willing to have me back. You can count me in. My guest today has been Melissa Sabula, the head of talent acquisition at Cerberus Capital Management. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcast.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. And thanks to Cerberus Capital Management for sponsoring this edition of People Tech. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.